Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. He walked out of his grave. I'm walking too. He did it so I could do it. Yes. He's the first fruit, the Apostle Paul said. He did it first. Come on, one more time, lift your voice to the Lord. Shout a praise to Him. Shout a praise to Him. Shout a praise to Him. No grave, no grave is going to hold my body down. All right, turn around to your neighbor and say, he walked out of his grave so I can walk out of my grave someday. If he came out, I'm coming out. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. What a fabulous worship service this morning. Thank you, all of our singers and musicians, for taking us into the presence of God today. Did you enjoy that? I pray the Lord enjoyed it. What a fitting song last Friday afternoon. We had a beautiful memorial service for Sister Lucille Scott. Many of her family still here today. And I just couldn't help but go back to that memorial service while we were singing. He walked out of his grave. Let me tell you, we got a lot of good people out there waiting at Hillcrest. Amen. If you're not going into rapture and you want to see a sight, find out when he's coming and hang out at Hillcrest. It's good to have the Scots with us. And I understand he's got his little granddaughter over there for $10. You can take a picture with her after the service. The offering today went to Save Our Children. It's a national children's ministry offering. And I thank you for giving One of the neat things that they're doing this year is the children's ministry is building a beautiful orphanage in Haiti, a place that's never recovered from the devastation of the last hurricane. And so how neat is that? Our theme, our theme this morning is he said no. And obviously you've already figured out, right, that he said no to death. He just said no. You can't keep me in this grave. Jesus made this incredible statement one day to the crowd. He made this incredible statement. He said, you destroy this body, and in three days, I will raise it up. He walked out of his grave. One of the headlines yesterday caught my attention, maybe Friday, about a church from overseas who's coming to Washington State and the headlines said a church to offer miracle cure despite FDA warnings against drinking bleach. A group calling itself Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing plans to convene at a hotel resort in Washington State on Saturday to promote a miracle cure that claims to cure 95% of all diseases by making adults and children 
including infants drinking industrial bleach. I'm sure it does cure all diseases. <laughs> there was one little catch in the article that I happened to notice down toward the bottom. The church is asking attendance of the meeting to donate $450 each or $800 a couple. If you go in pairs, you get $100 off. Now, I don't know who to call, but I can tell them Walmart has bleach for about three bucks, okay? It was called a miracle mineral solution or supplement. And so apparently they do put some other things in the bleach. I can almost promise you they'll probably have a well-attended meeting. And I love what 1 Peter, 2 Peter says in chapter 1 and verse 16. When the apostle Peter wrote this, he said, For we did not follow cunningly, devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses to his majesty. I love the way the New Living Translation says this, for we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. Now let me tell you, Jesus said no to a lot of things besides death. <laughs> Acts 10 and 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. In other words, Jesus said no to oppression, to the devil who was bringing that depression. He even said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. In the book of Mark, there's a story about a man who was possessed by a legion of devils and when he had Come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now let me explain to you the condition this man was in. Verse 4 said, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had, chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. When I read that verse, I'm thinking, you tame animals. You don't tame people. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Verse 7 says of this man, because Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, he said, when he, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. It was just kind of like Jesus said, no. <laughs> this is my creation. 
I'm the landlord here. You are a trespasser. Now, a legion is a Roman army term, and there's a lot of discrepancy about how many men were in a Roman legion. But the lowest number I could find was 1,500. The highest number I could find was 6,000. So let's maybe just shoot for the middle and say about 3,250. Or if you just want to make it minimum, let's just say he had 1,500 unclean spirits. No wonder the chains couldn't hold him. And you know what happened? When Jesus came to this island called the Gadarenes, the scripture says that when Jesus got out of the boat, he didn't even have to say no. He just got out of the boat. This man ran to Jesus and worshiped him. I mean, 1,500 devils were trying to hold him back. And this man was running to Jesus. I don't know what keeps some people I know from worshiping. You don't take 1,500 devils. <laughs> Just a little pride sometimes. Oh my, this is Easter. What am I doing with that? My Lord, help me. Somebody said, well, y'all stand up an awful lot here. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I was in northwest Arkansas, and I don't remember why I was there. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. My, my brother was there. And so there's this man who came up to my brother and said, I have six passes to the Arkansas LSU game tonight. Do y'all want it? Now, the reason he didn't want to go is because it was freezing weather. Neither Arkansas nor LSU were any good. Johnny looked at me and said, you want to go? I don't have any warm clothes. Well, you can go buy you some. So I did. I went to Academy. I found me some purple. I'd never been to a game like this in my life. Some of you are already feeling bad at me for telling you I'm going. Okay, forgive me, all right? I just kind of thought this would be a, an experience I wanted to see. The first thing that happened to me was when I got there to sit down, couldn't find a parking, couldn't know where to park. They told us the man had season tickets said, you got private parking. It didn't work out. <laughs> we walked for blocks to get in this place with all these The first thing that happened to me is, it was some guy sitting beside me and saw my purple. So help me, this is a true story. He said, how'd you get in here and how'd you get this seat? How much did this cost you? The next thing out of his mouth is unrepeatable. <laughs> unrepeatable, especially at church. I might would tell you privately, but Probably, yeah, I would. <laughs> My subject is he said no. I should have said no. It was the worst football game in the history of football. LSU got beat 21 to nothing. 
Our quarterback threw a pass that I thought was coming to me. <laughs> we never scored a point. We fumbled. We threw interceptions. I wanted to watch the game. You couldn't watch the game unless you were standing up. I was freezing. I had blankets wrapped around me, disguising my purple. <laughs> now, obviously, they were no good, we were no good, but the BLSU is a big deal. And Arkansas was going crazy. And I'm like, I want to watch the game, but I'll be sitting down. And I can't see the game because everybody else is standing up. I don't know what keeps you from worshiping God. He said no. He said no. I got plenty of good reasons. He said no to many diseases, didn't he? He said no to blindness. He said no to leprosy. He said no to the issue of blood a woman had for 12 years. He said no to a man who hadn't walked his entire life and had been laying at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And Jesus just said no to lameness and no to being paralyzed and no to having to get in the water again. I'll just say no to your sickness. Let me, let, me, let me just tell you why I'm preaching this, because Jesus is still saying no. He is, by the way, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever you walked in here with, maybe it was being oppressed. Maybe it was a sickness. I have some absolutely, incredibly good news for you. Jesus said no. <laughs> if you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. And you say, well, that always happens for somebody else. It'll never happen for me. I love this verse in Matthew 14 and 36. These people, it was the day was ending and people were trying to get to him. The scripture said they begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Somebody say, as many as touched it. So it was like the woman with the issue of blood. If I can just touch his garment, he don't have to lay his hand on me. He don't have to call my name. He don't have to embarrass me. He don't have to call me out in front of everybody. If I can just touch him, I will be made whole. You know, this is what I know about Easter. We've all got leaving on our mind. Until right now, because right now, somebody is thinking in their heart, do you really mean if I touched him today? Well, just tell me how to touch him. And if you mean if I touch him, I don't have to come to the front. I don't have to testify. I don't have to be spotlighted. 
You mean if I can just touch him? I tell you, it would have been a good time and some of you did touch him when Beth was singing. He walked out of his grave. You see, to touch him, you just gotta throw those hands up in the air and say, here I am, Lord Jesus. I need help today. So for just a moment, would you quit thinking about what you're doing at 12 o'clock? Because if there's somebody here today that needs something, and if you get what you need, you won't remember Easter because of what I preached or because of what was saying. You'll remember this Easter because you'll be saying, that's the day that I touched him and said no. Oh, come on, clap your hands and shout. I tell you what, dude, just so everybody will feel comfortable, just get up on your feet right now and clap your hands and say, I need to touch him. Yeah, just, I need to touch him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mark 4 and 35 said, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. That's the only way you get Jesus. Just take him as he is. Thomas Jefferson took the New Testament and cut all the miracles out because he was some kind of a deist. And so he didn't want a Bible with all the miracles in there. Who would want a Bible without miracles? It's like cut and paste. It's what Brother David was doing when he did the obituary. He was cutting and pasting. And I had to explain to everybody at the funeral, he was still married to Tammy because he cut her out. She didn't get back in the paste. You take Jesus as he is. You don't trim him up and shape him up <laughs> to make him fit what you want. That's what they did with Abraham Lincoln. You know, I want Abraham Lincoln to be what I want him to be. That's why there's so many books written about him and everybody has a different opinion of who he is. Jesus is, just take him like he is. He, it's pretty cool. So they took him as he was. The other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But you remember what Jesus said, we're going over. Let us cross over to the other side. When Jesus said, let's go over, doesn't necessarily mean you won't encounter a storm. A big storm. Hallelujah. So, when you read on down, it said he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Brother Ted Hopkins is a sailor and he explained to me one time what these pillows were. It was not a my pillow. It was a ballast that they used to, when the boat was tilting over and Jesus was asleep. They awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind. It's the same word. Rebuked is the same word that was used when he rebuked the unclean spirits out of the man with a legion of devils. It's the same word. Well, that kind of leads me to believe that the storm was created by the devil. 
because he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Well, what does that have to do with saying no? He said no to the storm. Are you walking through a storm? And you have a word from God who said, we're going over? (laughs) Do you know he still says no to storms? There's recipes and remedies, and I don't have time to give all of that out today, but let me just give you a word of encouragement. You may feel like the Lord has went to sleep in your life, and he's nowhere to be found, and you're like Job saying, I looked everywhere, I couldn't find him. You may, you may be waiting on your promise to get over to the other side. You, you just need to know this this morning. Jesus has not disappeared. He's on your boat with you. Wake him up. Because Jesus still says no to the storm. Now when he was in that grave, he said no. The devil was no doubt rejoicing. All of hell no doubt was rejoicing. But Jesus just after three days after what he had prophesied and what had been spoken of him through the prophets, he just said no. Death will not hold me. Death will not hold me. I remember years ago in my early days of pastoring, all of this came flooding back to me when I was a young pastor. And as I prepared for this message, it came flooding back. We had an unfortunate situation with a family in the church, and they had a, we had a flood. They lived in a, in, a, in a manufactured home, and a little baby that was just learning to pull up happened to pull up against a door that they had not closed good, and the water was already up a couple of feet, and the little baby fell out. Nobody knew it. They eventually found him. We had a funeral. I remember sitting in that funeral home that day, this little eight-month-old baby, and he just looked like he was asleep. He just looked like he was asleep. And I was sitting in there, and I'm a young preacher, and I'm thinking, I, I, you know, I just, I'll, I'll confess to you, I, I tried to be Jesus that day. He's, I wanted to raise that baby from the dead. I wanted God to. There was nobody there but me. And I'm just like, Jesus, you did it before. You can do it again. Family's grieving. Grandmother's grieving. Everybody's grieving. I'm grieving. We're all grieving. But this morning, I want to tell you why Jesus said no. He said no so you can say no. You can say no to fear. You can say no to your past. You can say no to your addiction. You can say no to your depression. You can say no to division. You can say no to hate. You can say no to failure. You can say no to helplessness. And you can fill in the blank for whatever you need to put in there. And you can just start saying no, no, no. Somebody shout no. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 26, and the New Living Translation, Peter is preaching And he's quoting the psalmist who was prophesying of the day when Messiah would be crucified. And he says, no wonder my heart is glad 
and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in his hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. When a body dies, it immediately goes into the process of returning back to the ground. It's called corruption in the King James Bible. But Jesus was not just a man. He was God manifested in the flesh. He was a man He was a man made of a woman, but he was the incarnate God. Can you give me a witness right now? They said, call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. So when he went to the grave, he was spirit, hallelujah. And his body was just waiting because he knew in three days I'm coming up. And he came up so we can come up and start saying no, no to oppression, no to fear, no to sickness. Where's Brother Floyd Odom? Stand up, Brother Floyd. He may be out working in the lobby. No to cancer. Stand up, Brother Barry. No to addiction, no to prison. No to being a slave anymore. Oh my, I have some incredible news for you from the word of God. Romans chapter eight, verse 11. It said, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. He's not just talking about the resurrection. He's talking in Romans eight about being an overcomer. Well, I'm feeling something moving up here this morning. He's talking about saying, no, I don't need you addiction. And I'm putting my hands up and saying, no more. I don't need your fear. I don't need you. I don't need you oppression. Musicians are coming back. We're gonna sing that song again before we leave. Jesus didn't just say no, so we can say no. But he said no, so we can say yes. Three exclamation points. Jesus said no, so I can say yes to life. Yes to freedom. Yes to an overcoming life. Yes to walking out of my grave. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. They sold the truth. Those men who were secured to guard the grave. When, When Pilate put a seal on the grave, the Bible said in the book of Matthew 28, we won't read it all, tell them His disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. So when this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money. Can you fathom this? Who's ever heard of a man being raised? I mean, if he came up out of the grave, it had to be for a purpose, didn't it? 
And they were willing to take money to lie. They could have said yes to their testimony and no to the money. They chose not to do it. They chose to take the money instead of saying yes. You see, it's not enough, ladies and gentlemen, for Jesus to walk out of the grave if I don't say yes. It's not enough that he's a healer if I don't say yes. It's not enough that he's a deliverer if I don't say yes. It's not enough that he can forgive my sin if I don't say yes. Remove my past. So this morning, I'm gonna do more than say no. I'm gonna say yes with 100 exclamation points. Yes! If somebody's ready to say yes, I want you to stand on your feet and shout yes! Yes to freedom. Yes to my healing. Yes to my deliverance. Yes to my abundant life. Somebody shout yes! Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Years ago, we all read this book by Andy Andrews called The Seven Decisions. Let them see it over there. We got some people over here that need it. Trust me. In the book, he told about some rain dancers in Australia. They were Aborigines. And there was one particular tribe that was known for always getting rain. So a newspaper journalist went out to interview them, went out in the, what do they call that place where they live? I forget, the outback. Well, that was hard. And he asked the chief, (laughs) he asked the chief of this particular tribe that was known for always getting rain when they needed rain. What is the secret to your success? And the chief said to the newspaper journalist, oh, that's easy. We just dance till it rains. Now our elder people, we we tell them, sit down. I'm almost with you, elders. Somebody say, renew his youth, Lord. Oh, that was weak. I was really sincere when I said that. That's a scripture out of Psalm 103. He renews my youth like an eagle. I've been praying for two years. I was praying in one day and God said, would you meet me halfway? Maybe get out and exercise a little bit and do a little walking. Get in the weight room. Well, Lord, I didn't know it included all that. Let me tell you, when you came in here today, you have a need.
Abraham, you're going to have a boy. I'm 60 years old. When he's 100 years and 99 years old, he still don't have a boy. He'd been waiting all these years. But it wasn't just passing time. The Bible said in the book of Romans that he just kept giving glory to God. He didn't stagger at the promise. He's getting older every year. And it looks, whoa, it looks like I'm on a, maybe I'm passing my prime here. But he just kept giving glory to God. You know what Abraham was doing? He was going to dance till it rained. And that's what I'm going to tell every man and woman in this congregation today. We're going to have two of these big panels out in the foyer before you leave. You've already got something in your mind that you're thinking about. We've got some markers out there. I want you to walk by. I want you to fill these two boards up. I say yes to a new life. I say yes to my deliverance. I say yes to my healing. I say yes to my freedom. Well, what if I walk out of here and nothing's changed? I'm gonna dance till it rains, hallelujah. I'm gonna keep praising him till it rains. I'm gonna keep shouting till it rains. It's not enough to say no. You gotta say yes to Jesus. And I'm asking you, take him like he is. Give him another hand clap of praise right now. Look at somebody beside you and say, I'm gonna say yes today. I'm gonna say yes to my freedom. I'm gonna say yes to my new birth. I'm gonna say yes to my forgiveness. There's no more fear. I'm gonna say yes to my blessed life. I'm gonna have abundant life, are you with me? Oh, you gave a little old piddling hand clap. Let's give some uproarious praise to the Lord right now. Thank you for coming to worship with the Pentecostals of Bossier this morning. He walked out of his grave, I'm walking too. Be blessed, have a happy Easter. Have a beautiful day. When you get ready to go, you can go. But we're gonna sing our way home on Easter Sunday morning by singing this amazing song. Go by the foyer, write your name down. I'm saying yes to my blessing, my prosperity, my favor of God. I'm saying yes to my prodigal coming home. I'm saying yes to my baby being healed. Yeah, 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 yeah. There ain't no grave. Hey. If you need something special from God, all you gotta do is reach out and touch him. That's all.